Now that the Kansas City Chiefs have their new left tackle, should they use their first-round pick to draft some firepower for Patrick Mahomes? We'll discuss it next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Family, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You know what time it is. It's your boy, Damian Parson on the ones and twos. As always, you can find me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. And you know that I'm a national scout over at the Draft Network and your favorite and local running back guru. And we can't talk championship rings and things without my dog, Keith Sanchez. Talk to him, baby. Yes, sir. What's up? This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst at the Draft Network, man. And like DP always cues me up, man. 2019 national champ. Yes, those LSU fighting Tigers, man. And DP, you know why we're here, man. We're here to bring championship level content, man. But the content is revolving around free agency, man. We're going to talk about, um, you know, the Chiefs getting their left tackle. We're going to talk about free agency perspective in regards to the draft. So DP, let's go ahead and kick this thing off. Man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The Kansas City Chiefs, the reigning defending uh, champions, man. Mahomes back at the top of the mountain. We knew that they had a left tackle issue with Orlando Brown coming into the season. Keith, he said he wanted to be paid big, big money. And the Chiefs were like, oh, we'll see. And, and instead, <laughs> they used that money to go sign. We played right tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Juwan Taylor, Keith. And, and for me, man, I, I want to get your initial reactions to this. And then we'll talk about how it really impacts them heading into the draft. Yeah, so I thought I think they answered the question, right? It was two questions. Was Orlando Brown going to be back? They kind of told us no. And then I think today was the statement that they said, no, we're done, right? We're not giving you 20-plus million dollars for the level of play, right? And, and in my opinion – Orlando Brown, he came over from the Ravens, right? But I don't think he necessarily fits the Kansas City Chiefs, right? I think that they were able to be successful with Orlando Brown. I think he was able to play at a high level. But is that their prototype left tackle, right? And I don't think so. And they said, listen, before we give you $20 million a year for a left tackle that doesn't necessarily fit us, we'll move on. We'll go find somebody in free agency or the draft. But they told us it was free agency, and I think that the Jawan Taylor signing was a pretty good signing. Now, the one thing they have to be aware of is the fact that I believe Jawan Taylor only played right tackle in his career. And, you know, to our listeners, man, I had the opportunity to go down to Duke Mannyweather's um, offensive line retreat. And one thing that he really hit on, we're talking about Hall of Fame offensive linemen, man. We're talking about Alan Fanica. We're talking about Willie Rofe. We're talking about you know, uh, guys today talking about Joe Tooney, the best of the best in the past and present with offensive line play. And they consistently talked about moving an offensive lineman from one side to the other side and how it's really like writing with your right hand. If you're a right dominant person, and then just switching to your left hand because they mm -hmm. said all the mechanics are totally different. So that's definitely something to look out for. But if you ask me, in my opinion, I think the smarter option was with going with a free agent signing versus, um, well, going with the free agent signing Jawan Taylor versus giving Orlando Brown $20-plus million. 
Yeah, Keith, I, I'm I'm in I'm in lockstep with you. I mean, you know, Jawan Taylor signed for a four-year, eighty million dollar deal, and sixty million of that was guaranteed. Um, and, and like I said, just getting a guy that you feel more comfortable with, right? That's not gonna that doesn't break the bank for you. Um, he's been solid in Jacksonville, he, but so, he's mostly played on the right. Yeah, and I said DP, I said twenty million dollars, right? And that was basically that average contract was twenty million. So it seems like Orlando Brown wanted more than that, right? Because I think if Orlando Brown only wanted twenty, they yeah, would have given wanted north it of twenty. Yeah, and that's so that's we're talking about like they're talking about big boy money now. No, and he and he he was a little up and down this season, and I just felt like I never felt like they were going to pay him. So like now, Keith, you got the left tackle situation taken care of. Uh, you have Andrew Wiley who's playing some playing right tackle last year. Maybe you re-sign him and lock him down for another year, two or three, to make sure you have both tackle spots uh, taken care of. But where should they go now with this first round pick? Because a lot of the names that was being mocked to them, Keith, was Oklahoma's uh, left tackle Anton Harrison, Dewan yeah. Jones from 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 Ohio State. Right, Matthew Bergeron. We've seen that name tossed in the back of you know late round, late in the first round because they had the last pick of the draft key. So if you're on the board and you're in that room, what are you kind of pounding the table for for them to? What direction should they go? Yeah, first off, I'm guilty, man. I'm guilty of the Anton Harrison to the Kansas <laughs> City Chiefs in my mock draft, man. If you if you watch my mock drafts or you you read them at the Draft Network, man, you see that I've thrown them in there a couple of times. Anton Harrison to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, but what direction do they go, man? Listen, you're in a heavy AFC, right? Like AFC, there's heavy quarterbacks. It's a lot of you know quarterback play, and you think about where could you find the best value. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say two things. I, I think probably cornerback. Because this is a deep corner class, right? So, like, the, the sixth corner is probably still a starter. And I know that the, the Kansas City Chiefs, they've invested in a passing cornerback, um, you know, and played quite a few rookies. But I think they should probably jump back in there. And I, I, a guy, a name that continues to pop up for me for the back end of the first round is a guy like a Deontay Banks. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's a high-weight speed guy. Um, you can plug him. You can play him. Is he going to make some mistakes as a rookie? Yes, but I think his second year will be a lot better than his first year but you probably have a true starter on a rookie contract. Back in other draft, you're still drafting starters. So I think they should go there if we're talking about defensively. And then I'm, I think about the 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 edge rusher position, maybe. Like I, I think about – because you have to get after the quarterback. I think George yeah. Carlaft is, is good at what he does, but I, I'm not sure if we'll ever get elite-level play from George Carlaft. So if there's an edge rusher that you really like with a high ceiling, I think you take a swing on that guy too. Yeah, Keith, I, I, and that's kind of where I've leaned to is just could they go wide receiver? Yes, but the value of where they're drafting, that's kind of the, you know, that's kind of a little bit of the issue, right? Because you're still going to have, like you talked about with defensive end and edge, you're still going to have some premium guys on the board. Keith, a Derek Hall more than likely, Keon White out of Georgia Tech. There'll be some guys there that you can work in to, to help this defensive line and help this pass rush. I think for everyone, we we've seen – what Andy Reid can do. You got Brock Kadarius Tony in. You get year two of Sky Moore. Maybe you bring back Juju Smith-Schuster, right? Keith, if they were to go anywhere offensively, I, I wouldn't reach for a wide receiver here, Keith. That's what I, I would actually go like, tight end. Okay. that's I, and, and that's a little different, too. So we, we have a couple minutes before we have to change segments real quick. Um, The wide receiver, like you said, you wouldn't reach for one. Can What's the context behind that real quick? 
So I wouldn't like if it's like a middle or a second round, late second round guy, like if, if it's graded right, like if I have him graded there, I wouldn't just because we need a receiver, go ahead and draft him so in the, the bottom of the first. What, what's some names you have? That's that's what I'm trying to say. Like put context, ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. like as far as names, like we talking, you know, because we've seen so much veterans. We talk about Zay yeah. Flowers back in the first round or Josh Down. No, no, but, no, no, no. You know, so no. like what, what, what are you thinking as far as a, like you know, like a, a Jaden Reed from from Michigan State, right? You think about a a, a a um Jonathan Mingo, a Tank Dell, Marvin Mims, those kind of middle the second round to top of the third round talents, um, those type of guys. I wouldn't if I'm can't say I wouldn't try and go ahead and select them in the top of the first or in the back of the first. I would try and go defensive end, or like I said, if, if I don't go defensive end, let me go a Dalton Kincaid if he's still on the board, and let me really give you some trouble with these tight ends because I'm gonna use Travis Kelsey as they do as a big pseudo wide receiver anyway. I, you know, I, I never thought about them selecting a tight end, but that's actually not bad though. And I think that the two tight end sets are kind of throw some things off. We know that the Chiefs. <laughs> they they say that they want to be balanced, right? You're talking about one of the more unbalanced, <laughs> but we want to be balanced type teams. But it seems as though they feel balanced whenever they can run the football whenever they need to, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's that's a huge thing. It seems like in big moments they want to be able to run the football when they need to, and they and they are. And that was probably that was a big reason why they won the Super Bowl. So man, look, and we we just finished talking about you know the the Kansas City Chiefs signing tackle, but guess what, DP? We had our first. Is this a big name? Kind of big name quarterback signing, free agent signing, man. And Jimmy G, yes, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's headed down to Vegas, man. He's going to pa- pair up back with Josh McDaniels, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, we're going to give our takes on that in free agency and how we think that will affect the draft if the Las Vegas Raiders are actually indeed out of the QB race in the in the twenty twenty three NFL draft. What is the best and most accurate sports book in America? That's FanDuel. It's one of the funnest out there. If you're a new customer, you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 as bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, all you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. It also allows you to bet on everything from money line to point spreads to player props. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlay, guys. So listen to me and listen to me well. Don't You don't want to miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus back in bonus bets. When you go to fanduel.com slash locked on, that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Uh, make every moment more with fanduel. Jimmy G Keith, this was a Jimmy name <laughs> that we were, that, that we, that we kind of figured would like find its way to sin city in Vegas, right? You know, the Mac Jones, or maybe they trade up, in the, in the first round, but they decided to go with a guy that knows the system, Keith. And, and for me, you know, the, the, the context of the deal, um, it, it wasn't a big deal. It was like, you know, three years, I think 67 and a half mil, like 35 mil guaranteed. And when you really look at it, I, I want to throw some, some numbers out there to you just for some context. Right. So just kind of looking at how, you know, per over the cap, uh, if they do, you know, let's say they wanted to cut bait with Jimmy G uh, in 2024, right? Pre-June 1, Keith, they could. They would save 20.5 mil with a dead cap of 7.5 mil. Now, if they did a post-June 1 cut, 
of or trade and whatnot, uh, you know, of uh, Jimmy G per um, over the cap, they would save 24.25 mil and only have a 3.75 mil cap hit. So that, what does that tell you, Keith? I don't think the plan has changed. I think the plan is still to draft a quarterback and, and to find a way to get one of these guys. Now they're at seven. I think they're going to have to move up inside of that top four, that top four to secure a guy. Yeah, this is man. Okay, so I, I'm, my question is this for you, DP. So, does them signing Jimmy G does that mean that they're going after a certain type of quarterback? Right? Is that is that does this mean that they're going after Will Levis or Anthony Richardson in the sense of the fact that we're going after a guy with an extremely high ceiling? but also extremely low floor in the sense of the fact of we need to let this guy sit a year and develop. I, th- I think that could point to that, right? Like you, cause you, you're, you're going to pay Jimmy G a nice little, nice little chunk to play this year, play 2023. So I don't think you get a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud and be like, yeah, we're going to red shirt you for a year right now. We've seen, we've seen this happen before in a way a member of Seattle. I cannot, when they drafted Russell Wilson, and I forget the quarterback they had at the time, but they just paid him. Oh man, um, I cannot remember the guy's name. I could Google it, but Matt um, Flynn. Was it Matt Flynn? Yes, Matt Flynn. Yep, LSU guy. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like he had just signed a big deal, Keith. Then they drafted, they they drafted Russell Wilson, got in the camp, and Pete Carroll's like, man, it's an open competition now. And, and Russell Wilson walked out of that thing with the with the starting job. But they had that big contract. Yeah, we gotta give credit too. Like Pete, Pete marches to the a rhythm, a beat of a rhythm. You know his own drum, right? He's a yeah, different yes. guy. I couldn't get the saying together, but he's his own Pete, guy. Pete zigs when everybody else is zags. Yeah, yeah. He, he he does his own thing. And, and Josh McDaniels is different, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily different in a, a good type a good. of way, right? <laughs> he's just a, <laughs> a different type of guy overall. But man, the, the signing is like I said, you you still can go get a quote because, like you said, I think it's a it's almost like a one-year contract. Like, it's a very team-friendly Jimmy G. Yeah. Here's one more year being a starter. Josh McDaniel knows you. You know Josh McDaniels. Y'all familiar. Y'all can relate about the New England Patriots. And after this year, we can move on. But, man, I also thought about this. It's like, what world are we living in that it, it's crazy, right, that the, the Las Vegas Raiders rather have Jimmy G. at quarterback than <laughs> Derek Carr, right? Like, I, I, I thought, like, just thinking about that transition – I think that's a you know that that's a wild statement to to make as a franchise. But DP, like I said, back to the NFL draft and quarterbacks, man. Like I, it's it's tough for me because you I think about Josh McDaniels and how complex he is. So to where you talk about one of these developmental guys, that's going to take time, right? And so you like okay, and then you also talk about are they going to move up and and do they have to give up draft capital? To move up so that'll be my question like what what do you think they have to give up and what do you think they need to place themselves man i i think they need to place themselves like i said inside that top five to four so i, I assume swapping the first at a day two pick um and and, and then using the you if, know giving up the first, no, next year's first more than likely if they follow the Panthers, man, they they gonna have to uh, they gonna have to give up Devontae, Devontae Adams. Right? Adams. The Panthers got rid of DJ Moore. <laughs> They're gonna have to give up Devontae Adams, which I think. Bro. I mean, he don't sound too happy on before. IG. So I mean, I saw an IG post from him. He didn't seem too happy. I don't know what the context. Was. I wouldn't you... be either. To be completely honest, I wouldn't be either. I, I mean, you told me you're gonna go me a quarterback, right? And we went from everywhere from. You know Derek Carr, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and then I end up with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, no, I, I think 
the the key thing here, Keith, is is where Jimmy is mentally, right? Well, can Jimmy is he willing to accept that Alex Smith role for the one year, right? Like go he out there no and prove. <laughs> He's 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 gotta he's gotta come out there and be a leader, right? And what I mean is, I, I will I will hope for him to if they because I think they still go quarterback, and I think this is a, if he's willing to be that Alex Smith, where you give him the twenty twenty three season to go show for one, you can stay healthy for a full seventeen games, and B, you know what I'm saying, or or, or two, you can go out there and play at a high level with these weapons. So then, while you're doing that, Josh McDaniels also have you in the locker room to help. The young quarterback, which I, I think should be a Will Levis um, type of guy who you don't start year one, um, but you can help him understand the playbook, understand exactly what Josh McDaniels want. You've been in the locker room, so you know how much that veteran voice matters. But to hey, say, hey, young fella, this is what coach is looking for, looking from for you. This is what he needs you to do, and this is what he's asking you to do rather than them trying to learn and figure it out on their own having that veteran voice who's also the starter and they can watch him and you you know that cliche, right? Learn how to be a pro. Um, They try to, you know, sit back and watch Jimmy G handle the offense, handle the guys in the huddle, handle the guys in the locker room. If he is that type of leader where he can come in and just sit, watch, be a sponge and soak it up and then take that step in 2024 where you can cut bait if you desire to. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think for that reason, it, the Jimmy Garoppolo, because you're still worried about the Raiders just a little bit, right? We knew we had the offensive weapons. We're talking about Devontae, Adams, uh, Darren Waller, you know, Hunter Renfro, uh, Josh Jacobs, if they bring him back, you know, able to resign him. We knew they had the offensive weapons, but this offensive line was not very good, right? So a rookie quarterback behind this offensive line, not going to lie, scared me just a little bit, right? But yeah. I think with the signing of Jimmy G, if you tell me, hey, Jimmy G is coming in, He's going to play the first 12 to 14 to 15 games, right? And we're going to let our rookie quarterback sit. We're going to use the offseason to build out this offensive line, and then we'll be ready to go next year. I Honestly, I feel much better even about a quarterback like Will Levis because obviously, you know, we have our concerns with Will Levis and yeah. what he's able to do. And, you know, some of the, I have some concerns about Anthony Richardson, right? But I feel com- more comfortable with those guys being able to sit a year um, you know, they're sitting behind a Jimmy Garoppolo, really just learning a pro game, period, man, because it's a hell of a transition. So I, I think they definitely, um, you know, should should take that route if, if that presents itself. 100%. I, I agree with you. I think if, if I said, if all the stars align in Vegas and, and Jimmy G's willing to be that Alex Smith type of leader, take care of 2023, but also be that voice and that tutor to a young quarterback, I think that could set them up and set Josh McDaniels up for success for the next couple of years, man. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But listen, man, we, we talked about Jimmy G to the Raiders, man. We talked about the Kansas City Chiefs um, getting their offensive tackle so they can go a different route in the draft. But we're in free agency, DP. We're in free agency, man, to where you're kind of able to fill some holes right before you're able to get to the NFL draft. But we want to keep free agency in perspective. So coming up next, man, myself, Damian Parsons, we're going to talk about what does free agency mean and wh- what have we seen the best teams do and how to approach free agency uh, right before the NFL draft. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, guys. It's made out of 100% real chocolate, and I promise you, I promise you, I promise you. Matter of fact, I'm going to pull one out for you. I got it on deck. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) It's good for you. 
you know, Oreo flavor. And I really like, I really like it because it gives you 17 to 18 grams of protein, but it also fills you up and not, you don't have to worry about all the carbs and the fat and all that stuff that you don't want in your body when you're trying to, you know, fast and get through the day. But this gives you a nice, fulfilling treat. It does taste delicious. So I promise you right now, go check it out. You can go to your local Walmart, go to the pharmacy section. You can find, similar to the Cookies and Cream, a four-bar box of Built Bars um, right there in, in your local Walmart. But if you want a bigger box or, or, or a bigger package, you can go over to um, Sam's Club, get a 13-bar box. promise you won't be disappointed. And if you just want to order it and get 15% off, I'm going to tell you how right now. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKEDON15. You'll get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON15. To get 15% off your next order. Keith, one of the, you, you, I know you've heard this saying. Don't go to the grocery store while hungry. And that saying always resonates with me around this time of year for football, right? Because what you don't want to do is go into the draft with a laundry list of needs, Keith. You typically only got seven rounds worth of picks, depends on what you got and what you've moved around the past couple years, right? So you don't want to go in the draft needing so many things. So the free agency is uh, it allows you to let me go ahead and snack a little bit to where I don't I can kind of kill a little bit of the cravings and take care of some of the hunger that I have where I just go in and get what I need, Keith. So free agency before the draft is valuable. It's valuable for the simple fact that if you need a tackle, but you don't want to have to use a the eighth overall pick, you can grab a veteran for two or three years. In free agency, right? You look at what the Denver Broncos have done today. They need they had two holes on their offensive line. They had guard and they had right tackle, Keith. They addressed both of those. You know, people wonder why Russ couldn't cook or whatever he was cooking was burnt. It's because he was running from the stove last year, Keith. He couldn't sit back there and cook efficiently, man. You had no run game when your running backs got hurt or they were fumbling and you cut them. And then the offensive line started dealing with injuries, man. And, and the play deteriorated to the point where it's like, you know what? The rust that we saw in Seattle, he looked like he evaporated. But I believe that that rust is still there. So reassuring the offensive line was big. So how do you value uh, free agency, you know, heading into the draft? Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you said, DP. But there, there's an other side to this coin, man. And the other side to that coin is bad free agent signings, right? <laughs> We're talking about Albert Hainsworth. Like, that was historic, one of the worst free agent signing. So yeah, it's it's bad. So it's cool to say, look, like, you know, I'm trying to think of teams, right? The bears, um, you know, there's a couple of teams with a lot of, um, you know, cap space right now. Right. And, but the, we've seen historically, it's not about signing the biggest name for some of these teams, Mm -hmm. right? Like getting, you know, these teams, okay, yeah, we're going to pay you $30 million a year for inside linebacker, right? Just because he's the biggest name on the board. That doesn't necessarily always help you. I think the, the best free agent or, yeah, the free agency period. I think the best way to go about this is those kind of mid-level guys, right? Those veterans. So if I, if it's an offensive line and I know I'm drafting a rookie quarterback, I feel good about going and get a couple veteran offensive linemen that know the game already, right? I know they know what they're doing up front. And what's always key for me, DP, is this, man. And I don't understand it. I understand draft picks. I understand the, the whole situation. But when it comes down to free agency, I have no problem with spending money on a proven commodity, right? Because sometimes when you're talking about a draft pick, you don't necessarily know if they're going to be successful or not, right? They say first rounders only hit 50% of the time. So rather than that, I have a guy that's been in the league for six, seven, eight years. I can give him a three-year contract 
I know exactly what he is. I know if he fits in my scheme, there's probably some type of, um, you know, relationship amongst, you know, a position coach and that player, you know, they may have crossed paths or they know, know each other from some time in the past. So I free agency, I think it's a, is huge. Like I think it's a really big period of time and it's not always about the top names. We know, Aaron Rodgers is going to carry this free agency, right? Yeah. But there's going to be some name, you know, when you think about the, um, you know, just some of these teams, that it's going to be some mid-level names that we're skipping over right now that are going to be key pieces for a team winning the Super Bowl next year. No, 100%, Keith. I mean, you, you brought up the Bears. They, they just went and signed two linebackers today. They signed TJ Edwards, who was in the Super Bowl with the Eagles, and they signed Tremaine Edmonds. Um, who was one of the more athletic playmakers at the second level from the Buffalo Bills, man. And, and just it, it speaks to that need, Keith. And I believe they brought in a defensive lineman. And so it, it's it's wild because I think we talked about it on the more recent podcast, you know, where I think it was yesterday's part where, okay, they traded back to nine. What did they do with that ninth overall pick, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, I mean – JSN, like we talked about, potentially, right? They might go all they might go offense because it seems like they're more willing to throw some of that money around right now, you know, via free agency on the defensive side of the ball. And I don't mind it at all, Keith, because it's very simple. You need to be able to get back to playing your style of football and, and, and doing it well, right? They got a guard, Nate Davis. So I, I don't know, man. It, it seems like for me, you look at a team like that. They're signing people and they're throwing money around. They're, they're addressing some holes because they know what they want to do when they head into the draft. And I think that's how you approach it is understanding what, like, what is your assignment, right? Like, if you know what your assignment, if you know what your goal is and you walk into free agency and handle that, you can walk out of it feeling accomplished. Then when it makes everything – it eliminates the options that you got to worry about when you're on the clock, right? Yeah. Again, let me a lot of stuff you got to have in the back of your mind when you're at nine and say the Chicago Bears are now on the clock. You don't have to worry about guard as much and linebacker and, you know, these different uh, position groups that you've had to focus on this entire offseason leading up to today. No, I agree. So what free agency does, it allows you to address positions and fill holes. So that when you get to the draft, you don't necessarily have to reach, right? Like, for, like And that's why if you're scouting department, you're sitting there, You've already went through everybody, right? You've went through the three to 400 NFL prospects, right? You have your board set pretty much going into um, the NFL draft at, at this situation because we're past the combine. We just have pro days left. So now you're sitting there and you're analyzing like, okay, cool. How many cornerbacks are, are, you know, rounds one through three? How many starting grades do we have on cornerbacks? How many starting grades do we have on linebackers? Oh, shoot, we only have two. So let's go be aggressive in free agency, right? Sign our linebackers, right? And then now we know that a cornerback that we have a draftable grade on is going to fall mm-hmm. to us so that way we're not reaching for, you know, a linebacker in the first round because we really need to fill that hole, right? Like now you're drafting good football players. So I love free agency from that perspective. I think it's really good. No, 100%. I, I like that answer, Key, because like you said, just being able to take care of some of the things that you need to take care of and – Man, I mean, we're going to see how this whole thing shakes out. But teams that got this money, we know every time, especially you got a young one. quarterback, only you spend. <laughs> hey, man, what's, what's the old saying? Listen, for one, cash rules everything around me, cream. But scared money don't make no money. So you got to go out there and spend it, baby. And I think that's what they have done. But, guys, listen, I promise y'all, this is going to be all week, man. It's free agency. It is, it, it's is—it's that fun time of the year where teams get to fix holes and then pivot toward the draft, and we're going to talk about all the implications all week from here on out 
free agency period. But as always, we, we appreciate all the love and support. Find us on your favorite audio podcasting apps. Like, subscribe, download, share, leave a five-star review. Tell us what you think. As always, go to YouTube, uh, subscribe, smash the, the bell and the like notification so that you can be up to date on all of our fire content and you can come and enjoy it at any moment, at any time. Oh, man. So, listen, it's it's free agent period, and I'm so excited about it, Keith. But as always, guys, we thank you all so much for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every day of every week. Like I said, join us again tomorrow so we can talk more free agent draft fits, all of that good stuff for Keith Sanchez. You can find him on Twitter at the Talent Code. I'm Damian Parson, DP underscore NFL. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.